Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Back with you on a Thursday. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr. We both got our ears lowered a bit yesterday. Or maybe you did yours Tuesday. Many thanks to Elijah Herbal and Damon Barr, the rum connoisseur, for making yesterday happen. The Pinnacle Bank Championship is an amazing event. The course is pristine at Indian Creek. No. I just got this from Coach Brett. Baseball is canceled tonight. Ah! Been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for Junior to do his thing on the baseball diamond. Mother Nature says, I'm going to get in line with 2020 and give you a middle finger. So no baseball tonight. I appreciate Coach Brett listening to the show. Uh, Weather update, uh, severe thunderstorm warning till 445. For southeast Lancaster, northwest Odo, southwest Cass, and uh, that includes the uh, ESPN Lincoln and KFOR listenership. So there you have it. No baseball for me tonight. I had golf yesterday. I will keep it brief. We had no Jay Moore. But we had a very respectable one over. The putting was exquisite. The tee box, not so much. Did you two have fun yesterday? Yeah, I think we had a good time uh, without you, as we always do. Glad you could go hit the hit <laughs> Glad the you could go. <laughs> so I, there, there was a tweet yesterday, and I don't know who it was, was referencing. It made me kind of laugh, because I love you both. Uh, the old crow tweeted in who is this babbling bag on air taking over your spot talking about baseball he sounds like skinny jeans and a soy latte to me (laughs) so you guys did your job you were talking baseball and football and i don't know if that was thrown at you because you don't wear jeans right and elijah's you know fashionable we'll say that as i lose my red listening audience i have some some skinny jeans even though i'm not skinny it is what it is my, my jeans are a little skinny only because they're they're a little small on me now so right well, you're, you're bulking up uh we are gonna party today it was a lot of fun we will spend some time with the pirate mike leach in one hour we will cover a lot. I got a list of things to talk to the pirate about. I'm going to ask him about his his rollerblading phase. Um, and I'm going to ask him 
because he's doing that that thing where you can for a hundred bucks you can get a personalized message from him so i'm like okay that's pretty cool to have the pirate say what's up happy birthday uncle fred or, or or whatever someday we will dive into key west stories so the mike leach is with us brandon vogel going to be with us at 525 and then will Schweitzer, uh nebraska's outside linebacker commit for 2021 he is back from his vacation his vacation was actually to lincoln so we'll, we'll spend a few minutes with will Schweitzer and mitch sherman uh, we'll get us kicked off here in about 15 minutes. You can join us, 466-377-6466-377-800-825-5865. More heat on Coach Gundy at Oklahoma State. Uh, we will get into uh, Chris Paul Jr. in a moment, one of our favorite interviews over the last eight weeks. The uh, former linebacker commit to Nebraska, and uh, we'll spend a few minutes to uh, talking a little offensive line with Nebraska. Coach Hoiberg and Coach Frost uh, donating a portion of their salaries. So that's story to tell you about. So uh, a lot to get to. 466-377-646-377-800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter uh, at Schmidt underscore radio. For me, Chris Schmidt at Damon Barr. That's two R's for Damon on Twitter, at Hale Varsity, at ESPN Lincoln, and uh, fire up an email if you like, chris at com. So let's get into Chris Paul Jr. for a moment. Pooh, as he is nicknamed, and he told a great story uh, to us about how that nickname happened. It wasn't Costanza in the boardroom uh, saying, I want to be Porkchop or Coco. This was Chris Paul Jr.'s mother saying, go on, Pooh, go on, Pooh. We should grab the audio better uh, than I can impersonate, but it's whenever he'd, he'd make a play on the football field. That's what she'd call him, and it was a great story. So Christopher Paul Jr. getting on social media today, the inside linebacker from Georgia, said he would be leaving Nebraska's class, did so today, and made his announcement and he feels like this is the best decision, not only for me, but for my family as well. And he thanked Tusker Nation. And the the, the reason why, maybe a, a hasty, quick decision. So Paul committed back in March. He was just the fourth commitment of the class at that time. The group now has 10. We're down to nine with the, the D commitment. And his team was a state champion. Uh, championship game appearance is is a lot of because of him. I mean, he had 157 tackles, four and a half sacks. He's a Georgia kid, and he knows about Nebraska's football brand. That that's what kind of got him in. And you know, he loved talking Nebraska football, just how hard nosed football exists and thrives in the Big Ten. But the the feel was to me, and if you talk to some other folks and Greg Smith's got a great story on hailvarsity.com here on, on Paul jr. It, it, it always kind of felt like maybe he was a guy that, that probably wanted to stay a little closer to home. And, and now that you have Cincinnati in the picture, Luke fickle's got things going and specifically uh, which with coach Pruitt at Tennessee, Tennessee's got the number two recruiting class in the country. 
Uh, they put an offer out on June 15th to Paul Jr., and that's really all it took. It felt kind of like his eyes were wondering. Now, Paul was on social media yesterday saying that, look, I'm, I'm going to visit when I can. I'm going to take other official visits. And if you're Nebraska, you kind of got to know. And treat this as stupid as it sounds like a, like a, like dating, like a relationship. And you can't say, hey, you're the one for me, but <laughs> I'm going to see other people. <laughs> she won't like that. That won't fly. She may throw things at you. So if, if Nebraska, Nebraska can't say, hey, do your thing, uh, but you're not part of our program anymore, they can't, they can't allow that. I mean, you could, but you're going to spend time wondering if, if this, this commitment's going to stick and stay. And Nebraska's revamping their linebacker room. Coach Rude's done a wonderful job, the defensive side of the staff. Really, I mean, it's been a group effort. Of, of successful targets and, and getting commitments when no one can go or do anything with COVID-19. So the, the fact that they got Paul, that was a win. I liked his film. I liked his size. I liked his speed. Now, the bright side is you still have Will Schweitzer, who we'll talk with in about an hour. You still have Patrick Payton. You still have Seth Malcolm. You still have uh, Randolph Kapai. They still have a lot of options, but you're missing a, a pretty good inside backer here with Paul Jr., and if he's good enough to be a part of Tennessee's class, you surely would want that type of athlete here in Lincoln. That's not going to happen any longer. So if you're Nebraska and Paul says, look, I'm going to take other visits, and he wants Nebraska to be one of the places he officially visits. He wants Tennessee to be a place, and he's already been to Tennessee a few times, and and also Cincinnati. So he just, again, it's proximity. It's closer to home. I think that's the biggest thing. And if you're Nebraska, you tell the kid best best wishes, good luck, God bless. But if you can't stay committed to us, that's okay, man. Go do you, and we'll go find another middle linebacker, and you go find a place that's closer to home and you think's a better fit. Listen, uh, it'll be uh, interesting to hear Will Schweitzer's side of things because he's a kid who's moved around a lot, and he said yes to Nebraska sight unseen, and that's really not that different I mean, that, that's how recruiting's going right now. Quick correction, it was T-Bone, not Porkchop. Corey Ross was Porkchop. So I'm getting the nickname thing figured out correctly with the Costanza reference to Seinfeld. So, Damon, let's jump in here. And, uh, you know, when I look at Nebraska's recruiting overall, I, I'm kind of wowed by the work they've done despite the limitations they have. Uh, I think it's uh, extremely impressive. This isn't good, but I think Nebraska, with the work they've put in, they've got another guy on the board they can go after. It, it's tough when it seems like you lose a kid that's good enough to play for you and good enough to play in the SEC. And his, his commitment is still open, so to play the optimist here, there is a chance he still decides after taking Do you waste, those visits. This is maybe harsh sounding. Do you waste time on trying to re-recruit him? I wonder if you don't put as much effort in there, but he, he's still going to come and visit. Maybe there's a spot for him still. I, I don't know. If what he wants to happen. come visit, yeah. Yeah. So that, that'll be interesting here. Uh, let's spend a minute on, on Ohio State. Good Lord, what they're doing with their non-conference here. So here's some of the upcoming series Ohio State has. They are at Oregon this year. There'll be nobody in the stands. It won't be as loud in a 
obtuse at Autzen. They host Oregon in 2021. Then Ohio State has a home-and-home with Notre Dame. Then they take on Washington. Then they're at Texas. And then they have Washington again and Texas in 2025-2026. And Ohio State wants Bama. So they've signed a deal with Alabama in uh, 2028 and 2027. And then just just for good measure, why not knock out a home-and-home against Georgia? They are taking on anyone, everywhere. That is phenomenal. Now, they are a top three to top four program as we currently talk. They have great quarterback play. Their lines of scrimmage are phenomenal. They get who they want, and they develop incredible. Uh, so they can go play people. It's not a walk in the park going to, to, to talk up with Oregon or going out to Washington or, or Notre Dame or Texas. Remember those Texas games that Ohio State played, and, and, and they've had – Oklahoma on the schedule during the uh, the Baker years. Okay, so good on Ohio State. And I know Nebraska's got some fun non-conference games on the horizon. I mean, Tennessee's on the schedule. I know Colorado's back uh, on schedule. And then Nebraska has Oklahoma home and home beginning 2021 and 2022, which is great to have Oklahoma. So we'll see how aggressive Nebraska can be. And right now, I'd even take some old Big 8 schools, and I know that's kind of thought uh, thought of right now by Nebraska. I mean, where you maybe you, you work in a Kansas State or a Kansas with less miles. Maybe you think about Missouri. I'd love to see Colorado, hell, even every other year, just because. Uh, offensive line, let's spend a little bit of time on that here with Farniak and the news on Tuesday that he's going to get the, the, the look at right guard. So you've got battles to watch. So at left tackle, you've got Hymas, and then Brant Banks is is massive. The guy's 6'7". It sounds like as we, we kind of ease into to camp in July that Banks may be the, the, the likely target to back up Hymas. you got Bo Wilson, Trent Hickson, Ethan Piper. Three really nice names to battle at that left guard. And Hickson was your starter for a number of games last year and really responded well after getting benched post-Minnesota. You've got Cam Jurgens and then Will Farniok and Ethan Piper working behind Cam at center. Uh, Farniok at right guard, Brock Bando, a Lincoln Southeast product that's done a nice job when he's had some time. And then right tackle. <laughs> this is This is luxurious. Now, I know they're young. Two of the three are young, but you've got talent and, and high-level talent in Turner Corcoran and Bryce Benhart. Bryce is at least redshirted, and then Christian Gaylord got his sixth year of eligibility. Gaylord's a guy that has been through a, a lot personally and kept on grinding uh, on the athletic field and had the knee injury last year, so that was, that was no good for him. But, you know, Nebraska can throw out guys that – have had plenty of starts on that offensive line, will get to see where Nebraska can go with that offensive line. And can it truly be a strength because of its experience? Time will tell with what you can get at right tackle and the transition for Farniak. You feel good about Hymas. You feel good about Jurgens, And you have bodies and options and high-level talent at both the guard spots. And, and some of the kids have played a, a lot of snaps in 
that competition will push it to be great. And think about Nebraska and this offense. If you can run the football, have an identity, uh, have Greg Austin do his thing with that, with a little more influence as a run game coordinator now, where Adrian can throw when he wants to versus when he has to, and you have more time with Adrian or Luke McCaffrey. Again, he'll he'll make a push for the quarterback spot as well. But this is something that's it's comforting if you're a Nebraska fan and you're going into 2020 without spring football and you're at least getting some mini camp in the near future. You've got a known quantity with a good percentage of your offensive line, and that can make the rest of the offense better, and that can make this offense help carry some water as you still work through some things defensively. We'll talk some more ball as Mitch Sherman is coming up from The Athletic. Hail Varsity with you on a Thursday. Mike Leach is 40 minutes away. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. All right, Kramer, thank you. Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Uh, Damon, try him again. He said the phone didn't ring, so we are efforting Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. So when you text somebody and say, hey, bro, we're trying to get a hold, he's like, look, the phone didn't ring. So Mitch Sherman shortly, uh, Mike Leach coming up at 5. Brandon Vogel will be with us from Hale Varsity. And Will Schweitzer. Will Schweitzer is going to be with us. Good chat with the Husker outside linebacker. So uh, how are we doing, Damon? Hmm? We'll have Mitch Sherman in just a second uh, with The Athletic. And we have him now. Mitch, I am crying inside about youth baseball tonight. We are canceled here in Lincoln. How's the weather in Omaha? Are you going to get some baseball in tonight? Well, here in Gretna, fields are, fields are uh, closed, but we have a road game tonight in Papillion, and it's still on for 6 o'clock. So f- fingers crossed, and um, it's looking kind of cloudy and dark and i hear some thunder off to the west so we are not out of the woods by any stretch good luck to you and uh junior so you can at least get some some baseball in i've been waiting for this moment and i've got to wait a little longer to this weekend so i'm going to ask you before we get into nebraska football you to put on the baseball commissioner's hat because i know you love baseball fix this for me mitch how do you go about doing it well, um, you got I, an answer, don't I, you? I do not. <laughs> that's, that's that's not the position I've been putting myself in. I've been putting myself in the position as a fan where I've been like, I don't want to hear anything from any of you guys until it's done. Like, I don't want to hear about how you rejected the proposal. I don't want to hear about how you agreed in principle or you're getting closer. Or I Just let me know when it's signed and it's done and we know when the first game's going. That's that's mainly what I've been thinking so far. But and if you know, if I was the baseball czar and it was my job to get them together, I don't think they're that far apart right now, which is amazing because they seem to be really far apart a few days ago. But the number of games that I've been hearing, it's like within you know, there's like a real easy compromise here, like play 65 <laughs> games and yeah. just get it going. You know, I was talking to somebody last night. And I don't know how realistic this would be. 
But I wonder if college would have done things any differently this spring Mm -hmm. if it had known, if the NCAA had known what a mess Major League Baseball had been. Could you imagine, Chris, and and, and again, this isn't the case in every state, but could you imagine if we could have had a college baseball season that started on June 1st with the CWS in August, and there's nothing on TV right now? Everybody in America would be watching college baseball on ESPN or Fox every night. I mean, what a what a moment that would have been, but opportunity missed. And I don't even know. I mean, look, they're not. It's not like they're playing independent league baseball or or any kind of baseball in many places. But it seems the way that a number of states are operating now that you probably could have found a way to play a baseball game even without fans in the stands. And I think it would have been pretty cool for college baseball to have finally had its moment in the sun. Um, of course, we thought back in March that the big leagues would be on the field as soon as fields were available, and that is obviously not the case. It is frustrating, and yes, that'd be so great to, to be able to have some sort of baseball, uh, be it college. Uh, we'll see if Major League Baseball can can compromise. That, that'd be wonderful. Mitch, what you, what'd you think of, of Coach Frost's Zoom sit-down? I know you were on the call, and um, mm-hmm. I took a, a lot away, not only from, from Coach Frost and sharing his thoughts about player voice and, and civil rights, mm-hmm. but also, you know, some of the, the nuts and bolts of, of on-field, be it kind of narrowing that gap of, of lost time with, with talent, and also the offensive line. What, what are a couple take, key takeaways you had from the other day? Yeah, um, I, there was some, there was some uh, you know, a tease of personnel talk with some good words about Luke McCaffrey mm-hmm. and – you know, it was refreshing to just for a moment be able to think about something football-related when he when he began to discuss the offensive line and their thinking behind Matt Farniak. And instead of putting him at left guard, they're going to keep him at well, not keep him, but keep him on the right side of the line and put him at right guard. I understand that when when you think it through, it seems like a really good decision because you want to have one of those veteran uh, seniors on both sides of the line as opposed to having a redshirt freshman. Uh, or an inexperienced player at right tackle along with a new position to win at, at right guard. I mean, it may end up being last year's right guard, but um, it's a position that's open right now, the, 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 other, the other guard position, so opposite Farniak. Um, so that was, that, was, that was fun to get you know, away from the real world for a few minutes and think about football and you know, be, be, uh, think about McCaffrey and, and what that might mean, uh, the, the, uh, the, the praise that Frost sent that direction. Um, but, of course, most of the call was spent talking about virus protocols, um, you know, what's ahead for Nebraska as it eases back into on-field stuff. And we don't really know um, that much about what's going on at the program. You're hearing a lot of stories out of some Big 12 schools that are kind of difficult to uh, digest. Kansas State, Texas, Iowa State, Oklahoma State are all struggle- struggling with some positive cases. I don't think it's uh, the end of the world Um I, you know, I think this, these, there, there were going to be things to work through at all programs this summer or this fall. And if you're learning what works and what doesn't and, you know, how these players need to conduct themselves and, you know, how, how slippery the slope this can be, um, it's better to find that out in June than it is to find it out in August or September. So good um, from that point. You'd rather not go through it at all, but it's better now than 60 days from now. What's happening at Nebraska? Um, is a little bit unclear because they're not releasing uh, any any data after uh, the very very beginning when Bill Moose did say that 
They had one player test positive. Um, there has been nothing else that has come out in Nebraska, um, despite being a public institution, is is not um, releasing that information. So we'll see how that goes moving forward. Um, like I said, it was good to hear from Frost on on all of those topics, and um, I thought he had enlightening thoughts on um, what's going on in his program with discussions about uh, the climate um, with racial tensions around the country and, and um, you know, important to hear that, of course, those discussions are happening inside Memorial Stadium and, and uh, you know, all over. Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter is where you find him. Mitch, as, as we uh, get closer to, to football season, hopefully, I want to kind of get your thoughts on on Mike Gundy and and his week at Oklahoma State. First with the shirt, then the apology, and now the uh, the claims of racial slurs by Alfred Williams uh, back when when he played for Colorado against Gundy in Oklahoma State. Is Gundy in your and, and maybe you don't know or haven't got you haven't gotten to this point yet, but do you, do you think Gundy's in trouble? Could he be in trouble f- with his job? Not from what appears to have been Oklahoma State's response. Okay. He probably should be. I would, you know, I would say, you know, I'm comfortable saying that I think he should be. I think he should be on thin ice. Mm-hmm. You know, even if everything he says is to be taken at face value and he didn't understand what was behind the company um, printed on his shirt until it had to be explained to him by players. It shouldn't have to be explained to him by players. Not when we're many weeks into this and really never in our society, especially when he's in the position that he is to be coaching a large number of black players and having recruited them. um, He needs to be more aware of, what he's doing. I mean, he's a high profile guy and everything that he does is going to be scrutinized. People are, if he's out in public, people are taking pictures of him. This isn't the first time that he's been associated with, uh, OAN, which is just like a crazy thing for us to be sitting here talking about right now, but it's the reality in the world today. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't just get a pass because, Oh, I, you know, I, I was unaware. I think that, he should be uh, in some kind of trouble. You know, I, I'm not advocating and saying, you know, fire him today or whatever, but I don't know that he is. I don't know that that's the feeling at Oklahoma State. I don't know that that's the attitude toward Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. I think that um, he has a lot of leverage and he has a lot of room to do, <laughs> do things that might not be acceptable at other places. That's just kind of the, um, the way of life. Uh, as the Oklahoma State football coach, and it has been for him for for a while. So, um, I guess that's about that's about is that's about the way I feel on it. Uh, it, it. As as it is at other universities, where um, you know, look at Iowa, the situation there. You know, things were said last week that I think pacified players former players, current players, but it doesn't change. It doesn't fix the situation until uh, there are, there's change that is enacted until we see a different attitude permeate the program. And I'm less convinced that that's going to happen 
in the months ahead at Oklahoma State than I am anywhere else where this issue has popped up. Mitch Sherman's with us. Hail Varsity Radio at Mitch Sherman on Twitter's where you find him and read him with The Athletic. Last thought, Mitch, I've got about a minute here. What's this this opener in 2020 feel like to you? It's Purdue, it's Nebraska, but it feels super – they're all important, right? you got to win them. But Nebraska's not done well against Purdue, and it, it, it's, it's a big springboard opportunity. Do you agree with that? It is. You know, I think there's just going to be a different tone about this whole season. Not to say that the season isn't important. Mm-hmm. It is important. And you play football. If you're going to play football games, they're important. <laughs> I do think there's going to be a sense as we go through this year to just survive, just to get through it, survive, avoid disasters, and I mean things off the field, um, and then, you know, advance on to 2021. It doesn't mean that people can't enjoy the season, but you're going to enjoy it in a different way. And I think the way we're going to enjoy it is just to have it played. So, having said that, take it out of the equation. It's a huge game because Nebraska has not gotten over that Purdue hurdle in in two years with Scott Frost in games that eh, you could probably look at them and say, hey, that's a game that Nebraska should have won. Certainly last year, it's a game that Nebraska should have won in West Lafayette, um, and it didn't happen. So, um, you got that going, and you just also got the fact that it's the opener. I, I feel similar to that game um, I feel similar to the way I did about the Colorado game uh, a year ago in Boulder, where, okay, you get there and you want to know, whatever. Um, and I, I just felt that, like going into that game that it was going to be the tone setter. It was, it was going to be the one that was so important to how just, just about everything played out over the first month or so of the season and, and just really what the mindset of the team was going to be when it got to the Ohio State game. And – you know, it went terribly bad in the second half mm-hmm. against CU. And despite winning the rest of those games in the first month, I think there was a lot of doubt in the players' mind, and, and there, there was less momentum that had been gained um, when it was there for the taking before the Ohio State game. Not to say that Nebraska would have beat Ohio State, but I think the season would have gone um, quite a bit different if Nebraska had won that game against Colorado. And I think there's some, some similar setup to this, uh, to this opener against Purdue. Mitch, we'll do this again next week. Thanks for a few minutes today, man. All right, Chris. Take care. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks to Mitch Sherman, and he nailed that. And don't you kind of get that feel? As we grow closer to college football season happening, let's hope it, and pray it does. And I've, I've gone where I've been pretty steadfast. And I didn't go to America Samoa University like Saul Goodman to get my law degree, nor did I do the uh, overnight training at Northwest South uh Montana State, that's all, all three directions, <laughs> all four directions, for my medical degree. So if, if Fauci and other experts are out there going, be careful with baseball too far into the fall or watch out football, he's the last guy that wants to rock the boat. He is pretty smart medicine dude. I just hope he's wrong, <laughs> okay? And I don't know that he's wrong a lot. So... Yeah, with with numbers spiking around the Big 12, 
You've got numbers in Arizona going nuts. Florida's crazy. Can you hang on, be safe, and continue to be disciplined so we get a college football season? Now, things are so far so good. Not perfect, clearly, in the state of Nebraska, but it's not been horrific recently from a hospitalization standpoint. That's what I'm concerned about. So let's get there. Uh, And will Mike Gundy be there to see said season? So Gundy has had a week. Gundy's not very self-aware. Gundy is less Teflon, less untouchable, but he kind of did whatever he wanted to do because of, of his wins and where he's taken Oklahoma State football to in his 15 seasons. And, and now, and, and this is a guy I loved watching play, and he was a nightmare for Nebraska, Alfred Williams, outside backer, same draft class as Mike Kroll. Mike Kroll went number four overall. Alfred Williams won the, the Butkus Award. I think Alfred's out of Houston. But Alfred Williams, and he's a radio host out on KOA, great station out in Denver, home of your Broncos, if you're a Donkey fan. And he recounted during an interview Wednesday, and he shared this on air, and then he shared this with the Oklahoman, that Mike Gundy, after the 1989 Colorado stomping of the Cowboys, used the N-word, not only at him, but a, a bunch of Colorado players, and there's a, a snippet from that post game out of either the uh, Boulder Daily Camera or the the Denver Post, with uh, assertions by uh, several different players on what Gundy had called African American players, and Williams told the Oklahoman that you listen, I don't want Gundy fired. I just want an apology. Let me see some growth. Let me see that you're a different guy. And Gundy's like, look, didn't say it. Don't remember that. Oklahoma State has declined comment. And that's 31 years ago. You've got people lining up to to pile on Gundy. and, And if he is guilty of that, then... And his tone-deaf ability now, when it comes to his T-shirt, when it comes to his insensitivity. Listen, here's what I believe about Mike Gundy. I believe Mike Gundy uh, wants to win first. I believe Mike Gundy has a good eye for talent. I believe Mike Gundy has a pretty prolific offense. It's a fun offense. Oklahoma State's gone to places uh, with the Des Bryants of the world, with the Blackmans of the world, with I mean, they they have gotten inte- just incredible talent out of out of Texas. I don't think Gundy's racist. I don't. I, I think Gundy might be a little bit of a neck, a little redneck. I mean, he, he wears a mullet. I think Gundy likes the attention. I think Gundy likes shooting his mouth off. And I'm Mike Gundy, and. I'm going to say what I feel, and that's all well and good, but there are repercussions, and there is different opinions, and people will call you, and people feel more comfortable about calling you out if they don't agree with you. And one of those people calling out Mike Gundy is Paul Feinbaum. More from Feinbaum with Mike Greenberg earlier today, and 
this this drum beat is loud. It's extremely loud by Feinbaum on Gundy to lose his job. Greeny, it's just one more story. It's one more news cycle that works against Mike Gundy. And you know, I felt the other day uh, before uh, he went on the apology tour that, that he really needs to go. And I haven't changed that because I, I think there, there is always going to be something out there for Mike Gundy. And, and I, I just find it to be uh, just absurdly unbelievable uh, that, that he could be so unaware of everything that is going on around him and suddenly uh, have this uh, road to Damascus conversion the other day. And, and, and now he's listening and wants to learn. I, I just don't buy any of it. I'm sorry. I don't believe Gundy was much into listening before the T-shirt incident. I think the situation in this country has forced him to listen. I think he said, oh, crap, the president and the athletic director are both pissed at me and my players are fired up. Listen, and I thought his, I thought his apology was pretty sincere, but this is an apology because you got caught versus because you're, you've had a heartfelt change. Now, this is more of an apology. Can we run this from ESPN? Do we have time? This is uh, Gundy on ESPN+. Plus. I know that the, some of the stances they had taken, I didn't know that. But then you look at it and say, okay, I was a dumbass. I put the shirt on, not knowing enough about the shirt. I understood exactly why the players got frustrated when they found that out or whatever, however they found out what it was. I didn't know. I didn't know till the next day. Well, I knew that night, but I, I didn't confirm it till I did a little research. And I was like, what a dumbass. Um, so that was my fault. The, the way the players feel about me and I upset them and broke their heart, that bothered me more than losing games. And that's the truth. But that's why now that as humans, when we make mistakes, the only thing we can do is admit we're wrong, own up to it, be humble, accept critical people, criticism, make it better and move forward. That was way better than his video. And if you call yourself a dumb, that, that's something that he would say. That, that's something that I, I could hear him saying to somebody he cares about that I'm, I'm sorry. And he did break his kid's heart. This is the guy that recruited me, brought me in, and this is what he represents. Here's the, how do you not do you just blindly follow or, or do you research something you support? in the form of a cap or a t-shirt or or whatever. And you're free to do whatever the hell you want. You are. But that was that was better, right? And that was actually to me it seemed pretty sincere. We'll get to some of your calls. We're 15 minute warning. It's pirate time. Mike Leach set to join us at five o'clock. Brandon Vogel and then Husker outside linebacker Will Schweitzer. Winding down Hour 1, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Okay, 10 minutes away, Mike Leach will join us, the Pirate. We'll get into some football. Some thoughts on how he's dealt with uh, his program the last several weeks. Brandon Vogel's coming up. Let's hear from Pete. Pete's joined us on the hotline. Pete, thanks for calling, man. Go ahead. How you doing? Good. What do you know? Well, I want to bring up something I think is a little bit confusing. 
you know, all lives matter, black lives matter, Hispanic lives matter, all life matters. But if you go and read the manifesto of Black Lives Matter as a group, I disagree with them. I think they're pretty radical as a group. If you go on the computer and you, you Google it and you look it up. And so I think if you don't agree with Black Lives Matter as a group, then you're a racist and you're this and you're that. And uh, you, can, you, can dispute, you can disagree and, and not be racist. Oh, I agree, but but if you listen to your talk show host, if you don't line up with their thinking, then you're what, just what have I what person. have I what have I said that that I, I didn't say you. I'm talking about your national. Uh, well, media we're, we're we're not we're not national. We're local here for you, Pete. Well, remember that group is the ones that walk down New York City and and Pete. And, do you have uh, a do you have a sport, Pete? Pete, Pete, do you have a sports thought at all? No, I just wanted to call in and let the public look Google. All right. He he wants you to Google, so we'll do that. Okay. There's Pete. Pete, thanks for the call. Thanks for the input. We'll get back to uh, some football. And, yeah, we're, we're not going to get political here. We can have that chat 6 to 9 on KFOR if you want. The Gundy side of things, it's it's a question. Why am I talking Gundy? Because, to me, with this accusation by Alfred Williams, feels like, okay, you've had his players come out in, in droves against him. That It seems like it's okay now. If you're Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State, you had the president, you've had the university chancellor, athletic director, same dude, and now you have... A, a guy saying, look, he called me and several of my teammates that word after a loss. You've got, and then you've just got kind of a, a history of erratic behavior by Gundy. But Oklahoma State won't make a move on him. And, and the question is, do you think they should? Do you think they will? What's, is there another bombshell waiting to drop? I don't know. That's pretty awful where you've got Alfred Williams with his platform and you have Alfred Williams talking to the Oklahoman. I mean, Gundy, Gundy's had a week and Gundy's made that week on his own. Now, what I don't ignore, and it's not an out for him, he's a hell of a good football coach. How much longer is that leverage going to last for him? That's why we're talking this direction. You can join us if you like, 466-3776-4663-776-800-825-5865. Mike Leach, Pirate, coming up. Brandon Vogel to join us. Will Schweitzer, Husker outside linebacker. Still to come, I'm sad there's no youth baseball tonight. Got to wait till Saturday. I will make it. The Pirate on the way with with our two Hale Varsity.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We say hi to the coach at Mississippi State, Mike Leach. Coach, how uh, how's it been for you here the, the last couple of weeks? And uh, it's great to get caught up with you, and thanks for your time today. Well, I appreciate it. It's great to be on again, and of course, it's been a funny year. And, um, you know, and it hasn't been business as usual, but uh, hopefully everybody's making the most of their time. I wanted to ask you, what have you been able to do? with your team from just a leadership standpoint with all the social unrest that's been going on around the country? How have you been able to communicate and, and lead with your guys? Well, that's, you know, that, and that's always hard when you can't talk to them face to face. I think that's the most difficult thing because, you know, I think um, one of the most important deals is everybody wants to be heard. Everybody, I think, wants the same thing. And, um, you know, as far as everybody to be um, treated equally. And then, um, um, you know, and, and I think everybody wants to be heard. And I think that's, uh, you know, really kind of one of the biggest keys to racial harmony. But um, <laughs> with this business where nobody can talk to anybody except for um, on the computer, you know, in our case, we can't meet with our players. We can't communicate with our players just on the computer, um, you know, it makes it tough because there's a, it's a whole different uh, level of communication when you're face-to-face, one-on-one with uh, everybody. But, you know, they, uh, uh, they, we've had a variety of things. We've had several, like I say, the meetings on the computers where we talk to our players, they express their feelings, and, and uh, not just in smaller groups, but in, uh, in the team overall. Then there was a March in uh, Starkville that, uh, you know, the those that wanted to participated in that. And then, so there's been a variety of things. And then we've had um, a number of counselors and people on campus, um, you know, talking with our players and our, yeah, and coaches, you know. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, everybody's got to communicate, I think. Mike Leach with us, Hale Varsity Radio. When it comes to, to getting back to action and in, in, in football <laughs> on the field, uh, you guys are a lot like Nebraska. You, you, Nebraska just got two spring practices. Did you even get a spring practice? No, we didn't get any. We, we had kind of one of the earlier spring breaks. Well, you know, we were scheduled to start spring practice mm-hmm. right after spring break but then uh, during that spring break and that was the very week where they said all right uh you know stay out another week don't come on campus and then you know then they kept uh, moving the finish line and uh yeah that's the toughest thing about this is uh and it doesn't matter what side of the coin you're on mm-hmm. 
than anybody thought. You know, everybody says, follow the science. Well, the science has changed its mind no less than 10 times. So there's been a lot of stop and starts, you know. So I think that uh, uh, everybody will be excited once, uh, you know, we're able to go. How about getting guys up to speed? Do you like the the NCAA ruling where it's going to be kind of a, an NFL minicamp type opportunity where you can work with kids? And how do you go about getting guys up to speed? You've got younger guys. You've got older guys. But for you, this is all new guys. Well, I think that it's tough if you know it's tougher for a new staff. But I also think that you know the NCAA kind of did what they what they could with the time that they had. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that I don't really have a better solution. And of course, they're deferring to the experts on the thing. So we'll have to just make sure that we utilize the time we have as well as we possibly can. Mike Leach is with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, I was doing a little research, and, and I need to hear about the Mike Leach rollerblade phase. Oh, I well, I would like to still be in it. Um, I would like to still be in it. The biggest thing, because it's great exercise. It's just fantastic exercise. And, um, and I'm going to have to tell you the, the most important thing to the rollerblade phase is finding a good surface to rollerblade on and um you know like uh, bike trails are pretty good and, and things like that and, and really it's just the discipline of going down there to do it and the other great thing about rollerblading that works your abs really good they say there can be a high incidence of uh hernia issue with it but uh i always liked it and i need to get back to it i got two sets of rollerblades uh that work perfectly well if uh providing I put them on and make them go. And um, and I need to get back to it because it was great exercise and everybody needs exercise, particularly me. <laughs> when, when did the roller blaze, rollerblade phase begin and were you able to stay stay upright? I mean, at least avoid, oh, yeah. avoid the you bumps know, and bruises. I was actually pretty good at I mean, not some do a flip or tricks or anything, but... Um, um, you know, I grew up skiing and that type of thing and could ice skate. So it really, it didn't take too long, um, you know, uh, but I'll tell you, it's uh, concrete's a, a different surface than ice, for example. Like ice, uh, you know, ice, you hit it and then, you know, you go whizzing along the surface without uh, tumbling and getting hung up, you know. Um no, I uh, and I uh, like uh, you know some of these guys will not wear the pads. I don't fully understand that. I'm gonna wear the pads, mm. um, especially the knee pads and the hand pads. But uh, and yeah, you know I don't go down very often. But when I when I have gone down, I was sure glad I had those suckers on. That's uh, the and, w- way to be. <laughs> well, because what'll happen? What it does is. You know, because the, the, the knee pads and the hand pads are kind of hard surfaced. And so then when you hit the asphalt or concrete, it'll shoot you along it kind of like you would on ice naturally. And, um, but, uh, no, my deal was, uh, you know, the thing was, I went to, uh, for a while, it was like anytime I went out, I wanted to go six miles. And I always felt like, Six miles on rollerblades equaled approximately three miles running, ah. except for I felt like you got better ab work with the rollerblades. Mike Leach with us, Hale Varsity Radio. So, Coach, I, I saw this. 
folks can get a personal message from you. How does that work? Uh, there's a site. A guy told me about this, and uh, I hadn't thought much about it. I hadn't thought much about it, and um, uh, the uh, I, I got a guy. I got a guy doing some work here, and he does a great job. This guy, I mean, he knows something about everything, but can fix anything and everything. But um, uh, oh no, okay, so can, uh, a guy who's kind of a computer whiz told me about this uh, this cameo thing, and so then I saw it and thought, well, what the heck. You know, good way to stay in touch with the fans, that type of thing. And um, uh, anyway, it's worked out, you know, so far so good. Uh, I think everybody ought to go on Cameo and um, and take a look. And, um, you know, you see somebody you like, they'll shout out to you for a birthday or Father's Day or just for the heck of it, you know. So who would you want a Cameo from? I would want one from... Uh, from Daniel Boone, Winston Churchill, Geronimo, uh, Blackbeard, um, but trouble is you got to do Joel, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. Um, mm-hmm. The trouble is you have to do current people. Anyone? So cur- any, anybody current? Uh, shit, I don't know. Um, you know, I admire a lot of people. Um, golly, I haven't given it much thought. Um, oh, I tell you who I really liked. I talked to him on the phone once or twice and I met his dad a couple of times. I was a big Don Mattingly guy. I really liked uh, Don Mattingly when I was going to law school. Big time and, first baseman, man. He was great. Donnie Baseball. And, yeah, and and I think we're about the same age actually. Well, he's preoccupied playing in the major leagues. I was uh, uh, going to law school, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, that was the thing there, and uh, uh, so so yeah. So I was preoccupied going to law school, but I think we're about the same age. And then it was funny because I met his dad. You know, I'd go to Southern Indiana because the, the, there was a Wildcat Club there <laughs> in Southern Indiana. Hang on one sec. It was that board right there. That one right there was down. Maybe they just wedged it back in there. That one right there, you see? What do you, what do you got going on at the house? I'm uh, just getting some boards. It was that one right there, right that your hand's on. Oh, there it is. Yeah, so they just stuffed it up there. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so everybody got to, got to be involved in home repairs on this. So this will be one for the ages. But, um, no, because um, so I was at the University of Kentucky at the time. And sometimes they'd let send me to speak at these things. And so uh, Southern Indiana, I went and spoke at the Wildcat Luncheon in Ev- Evansville. Mm-hmm. Well, and so then there's a guy who just looked like an older version, but looked exactly like Don Mattingly, you see. And so anyway, I met him, talked to him and all that. And, and of course, everybody's fascinated by something that you're not, they, that they're not doing. So 
course, I was interested in baseball, and then uh, Mr. Mattingly was uh, the dad was interested in football, and, and you know, had a good conversation and all that. And because everybody's a fan of somebody, you know, and I find that out sometimes you'll run across somebody famous that watches our games or something like that, and you know, you're kind of embarrassed at times that you, you don't know a ton about what they're doing, uh, but they know a great deal about. Uh, you know, maybe some of our games or something like that. No, he'd be one of them, though, for sure. couple minutes left. Mike Leach with us, Hale Varsity Radio, head coach at Mississippi State. Coach, did you see on Twitter yesterday somebody got real busy superimposing coaches of the SEC and other conferences on, on, uh, on females? Yeah, oh, yeah, I saw that. What did uh, you, th- you think of your portrait? Well, some of them are trying to dress their guys up uh, a little more than I am. And, and, and to be perfectly honest, some of them look sluttier than others. Um, uh, you know, I still had uh, very much a mas- uh, masculine quality, so I did appreciate that part of my, uh, of my uh, caricature of uh, that. Well, so you're telling me you'd, you wouldn't dress as conservatively? Um, well, I'm probably dressed like I do now, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> and I would, I would probably dress as uh, like I do now, but I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't see my sisters a little bit in, uh, sure. in uh, <laughs> that picture of me when they turned me into a woman, you know. <laughs> so I got to ask, uh, there has been a coyote problem in South Lincoln near my neighborhood near the great area of Holmes Lake and animal controls on it. They're great folks and they do a, a wonderful job, but there's been coyote sightings uh, all over the, the the South and Southeast part of Lincoln. I got to ask you, have you ever messed with a, uh, a coyote? Or have you ever had any interaction with a coyote? Yeah, I have. Uh, they won't let you get close to them. Um, you know, the problem is, is, uh, you know, everything it depends what you're trying to preserve, like quail, yeah, or uh, or something like that. Um, usually, rabbits. You got too many of those anyway. Uh, chickens, chickens can be a problem. Uh, kittens or small dogs can be a problem because uh, coyotes will just uh, make a meal out of them for sure. Uh, they'll eat anything. Um, once in a great while, I used to see him, um, you know, be in the middle of the night, like when I was walking or something, but you'd see him glide through like a ghost, uh, you know, in mm. somebody's front yard or something, you know, cause see, we were on kind of on top of a hill, the end of a sort of a deal that they were kind of still building. So we were kind of like the last three houses. And so, um, you know, it wasn't really just strictly a neighborhood. It was right adjacent to a field. But at any rate, you'd hear the coyotes. Um, you'd hear the coyotes every night. Um, and then uh, once in a great while, you'd see them. And they just kind of glide, you know, just kind of silently glide. And like I say, almost like it goes, especially if there's snow out there. Um as far as humans, I've never heard of anybody having any trouble because they won't let you get close to them. And they're survivors, too. They're hard to kill. Um, I just saw a deal on, I was watching Mountain Man, and uh, um, 
Man, probably my favorite character on there, Tom Orr, was trapped in coyotes. That's a, that's a good show. And, yeah, they've just been around some of our, our newer developed neighborhoods. Mike Leach with us, Hale Varsity. Right. I think those coyotes are going to stay there after they develop. You know, they, yeah. they when I when I was going to law school, and the same thing is now, I'm sure, you know, those coyotes are all over the Hollywood Hills. And, yeah. you know, somebody would have a kitten or a little dog, and now all of a sudden they don't, you know. And, um, but, uh, uh, and there's a couple cougars up there, too. Um, but, uh no, I there. I think they're about everywhere, and and um, but they, you know, they're real quick to run, and and it's probably in their best interest because they do a good job of surviving. Mike Leach with us, Coach. We'll talk again soon, and it's awesome to get caught up with you. Thanks again. All right. Well, great talking to you, and uh, good to hear from you. Gotta love the pirate. Brandon Vogel's up next. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Good to be back with you. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Will Schweitzer will sit down with us in 20 minutes. That was awesome with Coach Leach. Some advice on coyotes in the capital city. His reaction to uh, the superimposement that happened with football coaches' faces being placed on women. Uh, That's the first time I've heard the term slut used on the show, or slutty. So uh, the pirate delivering. Brandon Vogel always delivers. Vogues, who would you have wish you a happy birthday or anniversary if you were to use Cameo, because the Pirates doing that now, he said, Don Mattingly, who would you pick? Ooh, good question. Um, maybe Mike Leach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? How good is that that he's like sitting there to go, oh, yeah, this is, the, this is Coach Leach. Happy birthday, Brandon. Yeah, uh, it, it, it would certainly be interesting. I, I would look forward to, I don't know how much time you get or uh, how much it costs to get some time, but like I feel like we could, given my Western Nebraska upbringing and his Wyoming upbringing, we could, we could find a way to have a good three, four-minute conversation. I think you could, and, and you guys could, I mean, I assume, and you can slap me down if I'm wrong, but I, I assume that you're a fan of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah. That is a uh, that one's up there as far as uh, movie westerns go. It's good, and and I mean Cody Wyoming's right there where uh, I think Butch and Sundance were from. So it's always a good starting point. But man, he was uh, he was doing home improvement, and some dude was working on some sort of door. Middle of the interview, it's oh yeah, hey. Uh, <laughs> Hold on a minute. We're doing an interview now. We're we're talking. Uh, Leach is talking to his home improvement guy. It was it was pr- it was pretty good. Um, I, I need to get your take here on on this uh, this offensive line Nebraska could have. It was a, a talking point for Coach Frost on the Zoom call earlier this week. And Vogues, what's the last offensive line you kind of remember? Like remember fondly about you know with Nebraska? How long has it been? <laughs> um, 
you might have to go you might have to go back a ways. I mean, you're probably talking about like 2000, 2001. That's, that's mm-hmm. like the real kind of vintage Nebraska. You know, you had some some uh, of those lines, uh, including Jeremiah Searles, that were that were getting there. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like, but you can kind of go back and just look at Nebraska's all conference O linemen, and I mean, you do that, and all of a sudden Nebraska's you know time in the shadows a little bit starts to starts to make a little sense. It's it's hard to foresee Nebraska getting back to. To where it wants to be, to to where it has been through you know a good chunk of the history of college football, and just not having those kind of guys. So it's um, yeah, there haven't been. There's not a, a there's, let's put it this way. There's not one that I immediately think of, kind of post 2000 that you say like, oh, that's clearly the one. I think you got to look at you know 2011, 2012 as the yeah. the best. And the the thirteen line was really good pre injury bug. Okay, so you, you had a good run there with with Garrison and, and Barney. Yep. But to be honest, that's that's kind of it, right? And it's not that you haven't had good guys. I mean, there's guys in the league, right? That, from Nebraska offensive lines post, you know, Bo era, uh, and even yep. even some guys like you know Foster and. And, and even, you know, a Jay Cotton that, that got looks. So, I mean, there, there's been good players, but you mentioned that 2000 line. I mean, you had Finotti, uh, you had Russ Hochstein, you had Dominic Riola. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Here's another rushing title uh, with an option Heisman winner at quarterback. It was, it, it's been a while. This group, all right, if, if things can get worked out where Ben Hart, can make it happen at right tackle, Farney Oxen at right guard. Jurgen seems settled down, and, and you know how just powerful he is. And then you got Hymas. I mean, and, and there's really good candidates at left guard. A lot of combined starts by two dudes, either Wilson or Hickson. And then people on, on the staff love Piper. I mean, we could be seeing an offensive line resurgence. You know what? What say say that moves forward? What do you kind of expect from a Nebraska, a Nebraska rushing attack via quarterback and and Mills and and another candidate with this O line? How good can the the rushing attack be in the Big Ten by Nebraska? Well, it, it it needs to be good for I think this offense to get to close to its potential. You know, there's there's still a lot to work out there. Like we we know what Adrian is. We we have a good sense like. Diedrich Mills over what he showed, particularly over the second half of the season, uh, has me encouraged entering entering the year. And I think this offensive line is a is a high ceiling group. It, it's there's not a lot that I still pencil in there and say, okay, you're like maybe beyond Hymas and, and a little bit with Farniak, who's going to move now. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you feel pretty good about that. Cam Jurgens is, is you know may have the highest ceiling of, of anyone on that offensive line. We don't know how close he is to that right now. Um, but it, it, it's interesting, you know, the, the Ben Hart thing, who kind of by default then you kind of pencil in at, at tackle, at right tackle there. Uh, if anything, I would have thought that the lack of spring may have delayed him getting into that spot. So for them to make that move now uh, tells me that they must think pretty highly of him. And, you know, you mentioned Piper. That's that's a that's a great one too. I know that people are really high within the program 
uh, on what he's able to do. So they're going to have some legitimate competition at some spots. But they also have experience, which I think is, well, I don't think that's, that's where you want to be as an offensive line. Like you're going to have years where you have to replace some things, but if that competition is strong behind them, um, well, you, you see what, what it used to be like at Nebraska, where you just kind of like, yeah, we lost some really good guys Two 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 or three of them were, you know, all Americans or all conference, but the guys behind them were pretty good too. Um, I don't know if that's in the immediate offing for Nebraska, but I feel like they're getting closer. Just think of the op- and listen, we haven't even gotten into Turner Corcoran or Christian Gaylord yeah. or Brock Bando, who saw snaps and did well. And then there's Brant, you know, Brant Banks, who blocks the sun at six seven. I mean, they could be set up to. While it may not be an, an an immediate reload, to have guys get developed and then just kind of move, you know, next man up. Once we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but once guys exhaust their eligibility, you cut, you, it looks like you're getting back to kind of that old Nebraska where, all right, you you haven't seen these guys perform, but they've been in the program repping and developing and. Here we go. <laughs> Let's just uh, yeah. somebody that's that's done a done a rep a thousand times, and they hey, they even gotten into some games in the fourth quarter because Nebraska was comfortably ahead. How about that, folks? Uh, depth on the offensive line and, and beating an opponent where guys can get on the field in the third and fourth <laughs> quarter. Yeah, it, it, it's a formula that works. Um, you know, as as you mentioned, like you you kind of you can feel pretty good about like the front line or what we think of as the front line for Nebraska right now. And then you look at the guys, you know, so Ben Hart's you know moving up there to that front line group. But uh, you mentioned Banks, and you kind of look at the next wave, and it's it's totally what this staff is recruited to. And they, and they look like different kind of guys, you know, just in terms of the size. Like, they've really put an emphasis on, on length up there. Um, pretty confident they can build build guys into what they want them to be weight-wise. Um, it's just, it, it feels, you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, because, like, a lot, you know, there's still a lot to be decided. But, like, it, it feels like they're getting closer. It feels like they're making gains to, oh, this looks like, what we wish, you know, in a perfect situation, you would have stepped into, and that it had already looked that way when they got here. Folks, I want you to take here. Got about two and a half minutes. Uh, I was talking with Mitch about this earlier. Is, is support teetering for Gundy? Do you think? Do you feel that down in Stillwater? I know Feinbaum's beating the drum. I know. Gundy's players have voiced displeasure. Now you have accusations from Alfred Williams. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one, you know, because I, I think from, you know, people I've talked to like down there or who are aware of the program or tied to it, it, it it's always felt like things maybe weren't as like totally perfect there as, as they would have seemed. I mean, you, you, you can take out Gundy's record and look at that and be like, yeah, you know, it's pretty sustained success for, for Oklahoma state. Um, yeah. You always kind of like, okay, well, what more can you do? You know, that's all college football coaches deal with that challenge. Um, but just kind of tensions with, you know, obviously when team, team Pickens was around kind of a larger than life figure, um, 
I heard there were some tensions there at times. So I think when you combine all of those things with, with what has happened over the past couple of weeks or really just the last week, um, yeah, it could kind of seem like a guy that I don't think he's necessarily in danger, um, though who knows, but it just kind of feels like maybe a breaking point. Like, okay, maybe it's time to look for another opportunity because I feel like they were probably closer to that. Uh, at various points over the past five, six years anyway, than, than most outsiders probably recognize. So say at some point Gundy moves on, where do they go? I mean, do they go, hey, Dana, we know you were an OC here. Uh, do they go get Dana Holgerson, or is that kind of a you know, Gundy 2.0? And I'm, and, I'm not, and I'm not making accusations about Dana. I'm just saying that the, the, the offensive personality type. Well, yeah, I, I think that I think you do kind of look that direction. Um, you know, it's hard to say who who's out there, who's the up and coming name, but I think you could feel pretty good about kind of sticking in that air raid um, tree for a little bit and, and seeing what you could do there. You know, Dana Holgerson, and like you said, careful to point out, like nothing is. There's nothing out there uh, along the lines of what we see with Gundy at this point, but Not I do think kind of yeah. going for yeah, go, going forward, that's going to be you know a, a, a consideration for for coaching hires. It's not going to be just like, well, Gundy was great. We can plug and play if we go and get a Holgerson type. Like other things need to be considered now, and that's good. That's that's progress in, in my mind. Um, so it, it gets it gets difficult. Uh, when you start looking at coaching changes like that. Vogues, uh, we'll chat Saturday and always good to get caught up, man. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us and your book, man. When's that going to be in the mailbox? Yeah. So it should start hitting, uh, next week. Um, getting it wrapped up here. A couple, last couple of pages, everything for the printer. It just takes a while to print a book of that size. So it'll start hitting news, newsstands and uh, mailbox next week. Get that hail varsity yearbook, get that subscription. It is affordable as all get out. Brandon Vogel, managing editor at Brandon L Vogel on Twitter. Vogues. We'll talk soon. Thanks again. Thank you. And now, and now back to hail varsity radio. Back with you, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Uh, Will Schweitzer is with us. And, Will, thanks for a few minutes. Uh, you committed not long ago to, to Nebraska. I want to go back real quick. Uh, tell me about the family vacation, man. Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, I just came out to Lincoln. Uh, really, really loved what I saw um, in the college town. Um, I knew what I had in the coaching staff and where the program's headed, and uh, I really felt great about it, so I made the move. You took a trip to Lincoln, is that correct? Yes, I did. So you you made a trip to Lincoln. You had committed without seeing N- Nebraska, and take us through a little bit of what what made Nebraska the right choice before you know, kind of sight unseen. Um. So, I mean, I, I kind of knew that uh, with all the COVID stuff, that I wouldn't be able to take visits, and so I kind of understood that uh, I might have to make a commitment to a place that I hadn't seen yet. But um, I felt like there's only a handful of schools that I could do that with that I knew what I was getting out of it. I've lived in Chicago before, so I knew what the Midwest weather was like, and um, I was, that wasn't a factor for me. And I knew uh, uh, I loved what Coach Frost was doing with the team, and uh, Coach Shane, Coach Dawson, really liked them as people and coaches. So um, I just made the move, and uh, I feel like that's the place that I can develop and the, the player I want to be and the person I want to be. When we talk about development, and I look at you know your film and, and what you're doing, at the high school level and, and just your speed and, and how you're able to, to always be around the football. 
but you're, you're pretty multi-dimensional. Great against the run, and able to get after the quarterback off the edge. And what's what do you envision that development like to the next level? I know you got another year of high school ball, but you know, kind of getting Big Ten ready. What what's the, what's that map look like? For sure. Um, just working on my pass rush, especially. I played middle linebacker in high school and projected as an outside linebacker in the, the three-four defense in Nebraska. Um, you know, I feel like my pass rush is really strong, but I'm going to continue to develop that because I feel like my coverage skills and uh, my open field tackling have improved a lot over the past few years. So um, it's really helped me being able to play, have that linebacker play in the back of my pocket. But, um, you know, I'm just going to be working on getting to the, uh, getting to the passer and uh, putting pounds on, so I have the size to be able to do that. Will Schweitzer, a few minutes with us. Hale Varsity Radio, outside linebacker out of California. How old were you when you moved from Chicago out west? Uh, I was in uh, fourth grade. Okay, so fourth grade. How, how was the, uh, the the adapting to, to a new spot and, and a new part of the country? Super, super, super easy. Um, I moved around. I, bo- I was born in California. Uh, I moved to London. That was the toughest transition just because the people are so different. Um, <laughs> But then I moved to Chicago and then back to California. In all places, uh, I'm really glad that I've moved around. It's been able to help me get skills and making friends and all that stuff. So I'm not I'm not afraid to leave California. That's never been an issue for me. Um, and uh, I can't wait to meet the new guys and uh, just get ready at Nebraska. So how long were you in London? Two years. Two years. And just family uh, relocation type deal, uh, military? I mean, what's what's the... Uh, yeah, my dad's job. He's in software, so gotcha. uh, his company moved him around for a while. Then they got bought, so uh, he had to go. We moved out of Chicago. Sure. Okay. No, that's that's a good backstory. Uh, with, uh, with, with Coach Chenander and Coach Dawson, tell me how they were, they were able to connect with you and, and kind of gain your trust. Oh, I mean... So uh, probably in the middle of my recruitment with Nebraska, Coach Dawson came back, and, um, you know, he's, he's made sure he'd call me once or twice a week. Um, he's never been uh, the coach. Like, Coach Nander would hit me up every single morning. He'd just say good morning, and, you know, um, that really meant a lot to me because uh, it means that he cares, you know. Um, he's checking on me every day. Coach Dawson's uh, recruitment was a little bit different. Uh, we didn't text as much, but he would call me at least once or twice a week, and we just have talk, talk about football, talk about life, things about how things are going, and, uh, I really like him as people as well as coaches, and that was really important to me. Um, and Coach Frost as well, great guys. And um, great guys make great football coaches. Will Schweitzer with us, Hale Varsity Radio, uh, outside linebacker, commit for Nebraska 2021. So, Will, with uh, the Nebraska defense, what what do you like most about what Coach Chenander runs? Oh, man, I just like how he runs his outside backers. I mean, getting after the quarterback, getting to that cool flat, I mean, I feel like I fit perfectly in that position, being six four and a half, um, trying to develop my body to be that uh, perfect edge rusher off the edge and um, get some sacks in front of ninety five thousand fans. Fan base was was big for you uh, in talking with your your high school coach. And what what did you know about Nebraska, if anything, b- before the recruitment started? I mean, was Nebraska a school that was on your radar, or was it more about Frost and his staff? Kind of take me through uh, who you've followed or, or watched or paid attention to uh, in college football. Yeah, so uh, I've always grown up a huge, huge LSU fan. And, um, you know, my mom went to LSU, so I've been to a bunch of games. I just see their fan base. And, you know, I've always wanted to be a part of something like that. And I know uh, Nebraska is a huge tradition, winning five national championships. Um, and, you know, they're, 
I mean, it's, it's like no other there. I heard Lincoln on game day. I mean, the whole town's filled, the stadium's filled, and that's just always something I wanted to be a part of. Um, in the beginning of my recruitment, Nebraska was my second offer, and since then I've, they've really been on my radar hot, and um, I really like what they're doing there. You know, you, you mentioned the, the, that fan base, and, and I'm sure there's been some sort of feedback towards you from, from Nebraska fans on social media. What's that been oh, like for you? Oh, man, it's been surreal. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine it, the amount of love they've given me. Um, I mean, you know, you always, you always see some backlash, but um, I think Nebraska fans overall as a community, they really like my commitment. Um, they really show me a lot of support. I mean, uh, it's awesome, just like kids asking you for autographs, all these things, and it's it's stuff you dream about as a kid. And then when you're in that situation, um, it really feels like a real moment. It's a it's a really proud moment. Will, what do you do best on the football field? Because you do a lot of things. I just get to the football. Um, there's not a play that I'm gonna take off, um, and you can count on that. Um, that's what a lot of coaches have always loved about me. Uh, you know, if if a guy's more athletic than me, a guy's faster, he's bigger than me. It doesn't matter because I'm going to get to the football and I'm going to make the play. And uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to take me off the field because they all have some playmakers on the field and I feel like I'm going to go out there and make it. How long have you been kind of a flex tight end guy? Because there's, there's plenty of footage out there too with you uh, uh, going up, up top for a, for a fade in the end zone. How long have you been, been playing on the offensive side? Uh, I've actually been playing on the offensive side longer. Uh, I thought originally that's what I was going to get recruited as. Um, our offense recently, we, we're a run-style offense in high school, so I haven't um, – I feel like my tight end skills weren't as much on showcase there, but uh, I feel like I've adapted to blocker, and it's maybe a lot tougher there. But um, uh, I feel like my, my strength on the defensive side of the ball, but I've been playing offense forever. Will, uh, a thought here with uh, how you've been kind of coping with COVID – uh, the, the pandemic as far as staying active and, and weights and – you know, trying to keep uh, your 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 speed and agility up. I mean, what what type of workouts, if any, have you been able to do? Oh yeah, my uh, my friend has a little gym, just squat rack, bench rack at his house. So I've been going over there. I've been hitting the ladder in my backyard. Uh, another buddy has a speed treadmill, so I'm running on that uh, often. So I've been keeping my speed up uh, as well as putting on some weight. So um, you know, I'm just trying to get as well uh, get as ready as I can for the next season as best I can. How are you putting weight on? I mean, is it just steak upon steak? You doing chicken? I mean, from a from a nutrition standpoint, how are you going about trying to bulk up? And where do you want to get to before you you end up in Lincoln? Okay, so right now I'm about two fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just lifting every day, lifting sometimes twice a day, and just eating whatever I can. Protein shakes, eating right before bed. Um, protein shake in the morning. Just as much food as I can pile in, uh, I'd stay fast. You know, so that's a big thing in my game, my speed. So I'm not, I'm not sacrificing that at all. But I plan to try to come into Lincoln at least 225, 230, because I know they want me to play at 240. That should be an easy goal once I'm there on their nutrition plan. Will Schweitzer with us. Will, best to you. Thanks for a few minutes. Thank you. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Awesome stuff today. Mitch Sherman, Brandon Vogel, Husker, uh, Will Schweitzer, and how about the pirate Mike Leach? You know what? We got to say hi to Deb, the spa lady, Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln off Industrial Road in Omaha, spasonline.com. Deb, tell me about this tent sale. 
Yes. Well, it may be a tent sale minus the tent. Mm. With this weather coming through, we didn't put the tent up today, which I'm thankful we didn't. It might have ended up on Highway 2. But we may not do the tent, but we'll still have the great specials. We'll have them inside the store. We'll have them out in the parking lot. So it's not going to end. It's not going to slow us down, but it may not be a tent that you'll find there. That's okay, as you're going to have better temps and cooler weather once this onslaught concludes. And the, the point is, is you've got sales and specials and deals for folks that want that hot tub from Deb Despality. And more than anything, we have spas. I think we're probably one of the only dealers in the whole Midwest that can get spas, that have spas. We were able to get two truckloads today. Mm. There's a lot of spa manufacturers out there that are telling people not till October, not till November. Well, we're getting spas because we stayed in the United States and we bought products from our country. That way, we can get those products and we get, can get them to our customers. I love that. Deb, a uh, couple of thoughts as the uh, the tent, without the tent sale, goes on with Hope Innovation <laughs> the Spas. Sale. <laughs> the, the, the tentless <laughs> sale. I love that. The tentless sale with Deb the Spa Lady, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln off Industrial Road in the Omaha SpasOnline.com, Home Innovation Spas. You know, Deb, 30 years and counting. Uh, there at Home Innovation Spa. So the tentless sale, what's one item you can highlight? There's there's a lot of items, but what's one you've got circled that folks would love? Um, I think probably uh, the seven-foot spa, the, uh, the one with the lounge, that seems to be the ones we sell the most of. Seven-foot by seven-foot, it seats six people comfortably. You have a lounge and then five seats. We can do, uh, we have a few of those in stock ready for delivery. Now, don't let these get away from you because those can be delivered immediately. And uh, we're going to be open on uh, all day tomorrow, all day Saturday, and even on Sunday. So how about bringing Dad out, let him pick out a hot tub for Father's Day? Well, that is perfect for Father's Day. Dad would love it. I would love it as a father. And mm-hmm. uh, that's that's the way to do it. And, and Dad, it's the gift that'll keep on giving because you can do it and heat it up and use it in the winter time and turn it down and relax in the summertime. So you're you're highlighting that seven on seven deal. I love that, Deb. Yep. Uh, folks can find you. You just kind of laid out the hours. And uh, thanks so much. And I can't wait to stop by and see you for that uh, tentless tentless sale that's yes. going on. Please do, Chris. We can't wait to see you. You don't melt, all right? So stay dry, okay? Oh, oh don't worry. I won't. <laughs> okay. Debbie, take care. See ya. <laughs> Bye-bye. There she is. The, the tentless sale. That's money. That's so good. We'll just call that the Wilt Chamberlain, the 7 by 7 right? Good show today. Debbie, the spy lady, made an appearance to the pirate Mike Leach. We're going to have a hot tub party with the pirate sometime. Thanks to Vogel, Brandon Vogel, Mitch Sherman, Will Schweitzer. Talk to you tomorrow at 4.